you amazing people out there, and welcome to the Amazing Action Comics Podcast, where we are all about independent comics. I'm one of your hosts, Angel, with Phil Pepe. How's it going, Angel? Oh, dude, we're so late with this episode this week. It is crazy. <laughs> so if, if you guys don't know, um, yeah, as much as we would love to do this full time, we can't. I actually started a new job, so my hours have been crazy, and I'm trying to adjust. So yeah, we're, we're late this episode. Hopefully next week we'll be pretty much back on schedule. Um, so yeah, so welcome to another episode of the Indie Comic Review. This is episode number 73 for 7 um, yeah, we've got three books for you this week. It's going to be kind of light. We're going to kind of breeze through this. We had some good reads. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't ask you how you're doing, Phil. Sorry. About that. Oh, I'm, I'm doing fine. But just like you, man, it's been a crazy week. And next week looks to be just as crazy. So, oh. yeah, it wasn't for an overabundance of books that we were, we're backed up a little bit. It was just time. Time was the enemy this week. Yeah. And we're not complaining. I mean, an overabundance of books and, you know, having material come in is great, especially for the store and stuff like that. So and, and for the medium. So, yeah, yep. more books, more better, but less time, which is great. <laughs> um, all right. So we've got three books for you. I guess, you know what? Why don't you get us started off with, uh, which, with something that you read? Yeah, sure. So uh, the one I uh, the, the new number one for this week that I picked from Image Comics is called Above Snakes. Above Snakes uh, is written by Sean Lewis. Uh, with art by Hayden Sherman and lettering by Hassan Atsamne Elahu. Nice. So I believe this is three weeks in a row that Hassan, uh, his work has made it onto our show. Nice. Uh, so three consecutive weeks in a row. I think that might be a first. So uh, Hassan, your uh, amazing action comics, no prize will be in the mail. <laughs> yes. Don't wait for it, though. Don't wait for it. Uh, so yeah, so this uh, this is really cool. So this is a Western, but this is one of those um, Westerns by way that slightly leans into the horror genre. Uh, and I kind of say that in the fact that uh, it opens with uh, a character called Dr. Toom, who's sort of introducing the story like a horror comic host like Tales from the Crypt. Uh, mm. But Dr. Toom is actually a figure in the, 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 the world that uh, this exists in as well. Uh, and he's not a very benevolent figure. People definitely don't look fondly upon Dr. Toom and his miracle cures. Uh, so basically he is, uh, he's telling us the comedy of Dirt and Dorothea. And so Dirt is a cowboy who is avenging uh, the death of his wife, Dorothea and their, their child. And so this, what I really liked about this book is it really reminded me a lot of the uh, really cool Western stories from the seventies, a lot of the Western comics from the seventies, uh, you know, Westerns like horror and uh, war comics are mm. all sort of, you know, perennials in the comic biz. Um, very, you know, they always crop up and they always crop up in chunks, but they're always there. They're not as pre- uh, prevalent or pervasive as the superhero genre, but uh, Westerns definitely have a, a deep history with comics. And um, this reminds me a lot of like the early Jonah Hex stuff. This reminds me of a lot of the European Western comics from the 70s. Uh, and I really, really dug what this did. And it doesn't really reinvent the wheel. You basically have your lone West, you know, your lone cowboy protagonist who's out for revenge. You um, checks all the boxes. You have basically uh, a gang called Above Snakes. So that's where the title comes from. Mm-hmm. So you have a snake-themed, you know, evil gang that he's pursuing in the distance and each 
encounter takes him closer to them. Um, he also has a ghost bird that he talks to. Uh, so that's another part where it leans a little bit into the supernatural. Uh, and I really like this relationship between the uh, dirt and the ghost bird. Uh, very similar to another book we'll talk about, uh, the relationship between Owen the Barbarian and his axe, axe in barbaric mm. um so they're they they bounce things off of each other really well uh one thing that i thought was really cool that uh sean lewis introduces as a concept into this book is um all these western stories for the most part are predicated on the lone guy seeking revenge right and you must think the west is lousy with their like there's a, like so many of these people you know who, who are all out seeking revenge on their family. So they must run into each other uh, at certain points. And in this book, they do. Uh, he says they call themselves blood runners. And every time they're in a town, they all check in at a local pub just to see how their progress is going on their revenge quests. <laughs> so it was a really, you know, it was a very funny idea, but not really handled too cheekily. It was just very real world, very fit into what was going on in the book, you know, a very verisimilitude uh, for, the, for the world in Above Snakes. So that being said, I really like this book. I thought the art was fantastic. I was a little worried about the colors because the colors remind me very much of the color palette being used in uh, Bloodstained Teeth. Right. A lot of these vibrant pastels and blocks of color. Um, and that worked really well for that type of art. And I was wondering if it was going to carry over uh, and work well with this art style. It does. It is. It, it works really well. It sets such a great mood for um, what you're looking at in this book. So because a lot of Western stories happen to just be a lot of yellows and browns and oranges. And this throws a lot of good dash of color to also create mood in this book. Cool. So, yeah. Highly recommend Above Snakes, number one. Really want to see where they're going with this. Um, you know, again, really good first issue that does sit, stand on its own, uh, but does also open up possibilities for, for down the road. So, yeah, awesome. give it a try, Above Snakes. Cool. All right, guys, check that one out. Um, all right, I'm going to go next. So um, I had a book uh, called Impact Winter from Image Comic, mm. um, written by Travis Beecham, artist Stephen Green. Colors by Matt Hollingsworth. Letters by Anwell Design. And the editor is Amanda LaFranco. All right, I'm going to get out my grievances ahead of time on this <laughs> one. Um, and, and it's nothing really bad. I mean, this is the second week in a row that I've read a prequel. Now, the problem with this one, not the problem, the, the issue with this one is that it, it's a one-shot. And to me, one-shots are usually one-and-done closed stories. And this one, you know, as, as good as it was, and I really enjoyed it, it's, it's not a one-shot because there's a continuation of this, and it's not in book format. So this story is actually an, 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 an audio um, story that you can follow on Audible. So reading this and knowing that, I knew that the main character themselves were never going to be in any real peril because it continues in the <laughs> audio format. Um, so reading the book, I'm just like, I know nothing's really bad is going to happen to her. Maybe things around her, um, and the lead character's name is Darcy. So basically what you have here is there's a comet that hit the Earth, and it's been a year since the comet hit the Earth and made the, the skies all black, which gave rise to these vampires that I guess were hiding in the ground, and they're out just you know sucking people's blood and stuff like that. And Darcy's a young, strong-headed, strong-rolled girl who wants to be able to leave their complex, and they're, they're on the European side, um, um, just you know being able to go out with the crews to be able to get resources, bring them back and stuff like that. And she has her elder who's kind of protecting her from doing that because they believe that she's not ready. 
Um, a ton of stuff kind of ensues, and a lot of it is like similar to yours. They're not reinventing the wheel. There's a lot of similarities of you know vampire lore that we've seen in the past. Uh, what I really enjoyed about the book, though, is the art was great. I mean, uh, Stephen did a really good job of laying out some wonderful panel uh, from panel to panel, just being able to you know tell the story really well. Um, with the emotions that are in the faces as well. It's not overcomplicated line art. Um, it's just simple enough, but yet enough to give you the emotion of the characters and stuff like that. It's a really dynamic movement when they're, you know, they're doing some fight scenes and like reactions, which I always like. I, I like to try to see if I can find sort of like the, the one human aspect or realism that's not real. You know, mm. it's not drawn in that reality format or photo format, but to have that kind of emotion just stick out on the page. And there's some great moments in that. Um, the read was really easy. I really liked the back matter and, and uh, the character development, um, even though some of the stuff I kind of saw like towards the middle, towards the, not the end. The end was, uh, you know, there was always going to be somebody pulling the strings as to where the story was going, but you just didn't know who it was. Um, and they introduced new character towards the end. So that point towards the end just kind of left it really open for me because these characters weren't introduced before and they were probably on the last two to three pages, which means there was really no back matter on them. And that back matter is going to come from the the Audible. But the people that were in that first, you know, three quarters of the book, um, you knew certain things were going to happen and they were sort of predictable because um, they foreshadowed certain things. Uh, but it didn't take away from the story. It just, it, it made it, you know, it made it a little bit more of an anticipation as to when it was going to happen. And when it did happen, I was like, yep, I was right. And I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. Um, so storytelling wise, it was pretty simple to follow. Um, and like I said, the, the art was great. The only thing is I really, I hope that they had enough interest or have enough interest after this to continue doing the rest of their audio in this medium. So if they could transfer mm -hmm. their audio to this medium, then I'd be really happy to pick it up. I mean, it left me in a place where I was both pissed off um, <laughs> because I'm not going to listen to the audio. I don't want to listen to the audio. I want to read and see the pictures. Um, but also in a very like, oh, fuck, do I really want to go and listen to this audio and find out what happens? So I'm going to give it a little bit of time. I'm hoping, you know, if it does happen, it's probably not going to happen for like the next six months to a year. Um, mm -hmm. But I did find it enjoyable. Um, cool. it, 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 it was really cool to see. It's... You know, we've been talking about this for a while as well. You know, when we have these post-apocalyptic things that happen, uh, they're already, the, the apocalyptic thing already happened. It never happens. So this is kind of cl the closest to, you know, that, that zero point when the mm -hmm. thing actually happens because we're only a year in. But you can mm -hmm. see how much has happened within that year and how they've, you know, created all these little populations of humans that are trying to stay alive. And it kind of almost reminded me of like Walking Dead but they have these pods of people set up and then just trying to, you know, survive with resources and then the rules that they create for themselves, which happens quite quickly. And then you always have the one, you know, protagonist who is just like they want to be a rebel and they want to help out and stuff like that. So there's a lot of tropes that are in here, but, you know, not overly beating you over the head with it. Um, but it kept the, the, the story going along. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, the only disappointment that I have is that we're not going to get more of this. Um, I hope that they, you know, get enough of a response to say, OK, you know what? Let's continue to get, even if it's another six issue mini, because I don't know how long the Audible is, but if they can get out the full story, especially mm -hmm. with the new characters that they introduced at the end, then yeah, I'd be on board. So um, if you if you guys have listened to the Audible, then this might be some, you know, great 
prequel pickup stuff. So you got a little bit more back matter on, you know, Darcy and the characters that surround her. So Impact yeah, Winter neat. from Image Comics. Check it out. Yeah. Interesting marketing concept. I haven't quite seen something done to that degree. Um, you know, there's definitely been audio adaptations of comics or comic, uh, like, you know, I think the Batman audio adventures, yep, uh, yep. Podcast, they had a, they had a comic to tie into that. They had the Wolverine um, one as well. The, the Wolverine one, but, but again, the Wolverine, it was the, uh, the, the audio play came first yep then they did the comic adaptation correct so i think this idea of doing the audio play and then doing the prequel as a comic to pull people in to listen to the audio play hopefully to do more comics it's uh for uh, you know for image i think it's a really cool cool way to try and market this yeah yeah but it's not working for me <laughs> all right last book <laughs> all right so uh we decided or i decided um to, to, to even though we uh you know we've done the story the, the, the reviewed this book before you did right you reviewed uh, barbaric number one before Correct. it came along Correct. um this was a one shot that came out uh starring owen the barbarian and his axe axe as i've mentioned before uh <laughs> so this is from vault comics barbaric the harvest blades and i decided to do this as a one you know even though it's a one shot that uh, previous volume one exists because i wanted to see you know, is it accessible for new readers? How how much does it tie into the volume one, which was fantastic and was great. And we wanted more Owen and Axe. Uh, so I kind of thought like, well, would this be a good lead in for people who have not had a chance to pick that up? And it is. It's a very good lead in. It is basically a one off story. Uh, where Owen, um, you know, I'm not exactly sure if it takes place before or after the volume one of Barbaric. It definitely doesn't pick up from where volume one ends. Volume mm. two will do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm almost placing this in my head canon as just before uh, the volume one. Um, at the beginning, you actually get a little peek into Owen's life before he uh, was cursed with this axe, which is kind of neat. So you get a little more background context of Owen and who he rolled with, uh, which is a very interesting cast of uh, characters. Really cool sort of, uh, you know, that type of genre team. It fits really well. There's like a guy who wears wolf garb and then there's a magician and then there's Owen's brother named Steel, you know, so some really cool stuff. So um, was this was this pre-curse or was he already cursed? So it, uh, it, it opens precursed, but okay, it's gotcha. Owen post-cursed telling the story gotcha. to the kids in the town that he rolls oh, over. Funny. So you actually get to see Owen. If uh, Owen were given leadership or kingship, you get to see what he does with it. Gotcha. And he doesn't do much because it's Owen. <laughs> so it's really cool. So he's easily drawn out of this role of, of leading this town into going on another adventure. And, you know, your typical barbarian adventure shenanigans ensue. So again, doesn't necessarily uh, reinvent the wheel, but it really adds more to Owen's character and the interplay with him and Axe is always a joy. So it's written by um, Michael Morici, who is the co-creator of Barbaric. Uh, unfortunately, he is not paired with artist Nathan Gooden mm. uh, for this go-round because one of the one of the high points and one of the great things about Barbaric was the real sort of uh, energetic, um, different kinetic art style that Nathan Gooden had, mm -hmm. um, which, which just really opened the doors, I think, on that book was just his art style was very much a big part of the draw on that. Not to give Robert Wilson the fourth, uh, you know, 
any any slouch. He's a really good artist. He's competent, uh, but he's just a little more straightforward in his line work. A lot more clean lines, uh, a lot less dynamic, but still really good at telling the story. So I don't want to say that he's bad. It's just very That's different, different from what you're used to. So again, if you have no context of what barbaric is, you'll find this very easy to get into, and then it'll set you up for barbaric volume one uh lettered by jim campbell uh colored by addison duke with an assist by andrew uh Mississico. so yeah barbaric one shot from vault the harvest blades uh it's a little pricey at 5.99 mm-hmm. but it's a lot of pages no ads and a lot a lot of fun yeah set you up for volume two so and especially if you haven't read it i, I definitely would pick it up because i think that going from and like i said artist objective but because we had that original artist on that volume one and it was so dynamic and explosive and perfect for the book that when i actually saw this one it 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 didn't turn me off it was just different and i was just like oh i just i don't know so that's why i I gave up the option for you to read it and and it'd be great i mean (laughs) it's good it's back matter for anybody who's not read it and i'm telling you if you read it and then pick up volume one you'll be definitely hooked because it it was it it took a really uh, a great trope of you know barbaric barbarians doing it thing and none of that thou and they speak um <laughs> there's just, people people talk like like regular, regular people they curse at each other all the time uh the the relationship again between owen and axe is just it is such a delight and it really jumps off the page um the way morici writes it so um yeah so i i think uh i think again the, the barbaric series as a whole this universe he's building is a winner I, i'm really enjoying it yeah, it's the one series from Vault that I'm really enjoying. So make sure you guys uh, definitely check it out if, if you can. Um, all right, cool. Then that takes us yeah. to the very end. We have three books for you this week. I think, you know, the week of 720 next week or this week coming up, I think there's quite a few number ones that we're looking the, forward to. Uh, yeah, we'll have a, a mega episode probably. Yeah, <laughs> and I think also what we're going to try to do is we're going to, you know, try to keep you up to date on the stuff that we've been, you know, continuing to follow. Um, like this week I read issue five of Slumber. I think there's one more issue left. Really yeah, mm-hmm. great series. If you guys have not jumped on that, make sure you do. And then the third issue of Eight Billion Genies, which just got optioned for Amazon, and yes. now it's a thing, which drives me freaking insane. I know, um, I know. So good though. I mean, with so much material out there and so much that we've read in our years of you know being in this medium and loving this medium so much, it's, there's hardly ever anything that we have not read. And out of all the books that I've read this year. Barbaric was definitely one of them. I mean, but that was a trope onto itself um, that we've already seen, um, but just done really clever. But 8 Billion Genies, I've never seen anything like it at all. Yeah. And it's just a really good read. So, yeah, it's, you might want to check it out. It's great that people could still come up with new things, right? That, that take you by surprise because it's easy to get jaded, you know? Yeah. And like a, a really pleasant surprise, too. So I think moving yeah. forward, we'll kind of just recap some of the stuff that we're continuing to read that way. Um, you just you guys know that we're, we still are on board with uh, a lot of the stuff that we're actually reviewing. Um, yeah, and there's, gonna, and there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give a quick shout out to uh, AWA Upshot's New Think Number Two mm. or 2.0. Uh, again, that's a five issue series written by Greg Hurwitz, who wrote uh, Knighted that we really loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, each issue has a different artist, uh, and each issue tells a different story. Uh, issue two, specifically of New Think, uh, has to talk it deals with specifically because they're all par- parables and fables and allegories to what's going on in the world today. Uh, issue two of New Think specifically deals with storytelling and um 
how storytellers can be vilified in some cases. So I thought it was a really, really awesome. cool, thought-provoking second issue. Cool. Something yeah. to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. So there you go. Some new stuff and some stuff that we're continuing to read. If you guys like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you are a creator and want to promote yourself and or something that you have coming up, just visit AmazingActionComics.com slash podcast, fill out the form, and we'd love to have you on. Make sure you visit AmazingActionComics.com to make sure that you stay up to date on everything that is amazing that we have coming out. Um, and please, please, please support your local comic shop by visiting and you know buying a ton of comics. Phil, where do you get your comics from? Well, I get my comics at The Joker's Child in Fairlawn, New Jersey. At The Joker's Child, you can get all of these comic books that we talked about, except for maybe 8 Billion Genies 2 and 3 at this time. Uh, but uh, we still have plenty of comics <laughs> in true. number one. Uh, but we're going to try to get twos and threes in. Uh, also, we got some great statues and action figures. And I was very excited this week. It was a little bit of the talk of the store on Tuesday when they came in. Uh, Highlander action figures. We finally, finally got Highlander action figures uh, in five-inch form from uh, Incendium. Uh, so um, that was a very long time coming. So I expect big things for that franchise now that there are uh, action figures out there. Awesome. Yep. So if you're ever <laughs> in the Fairlawn, New Jersey area, make sure you stop by the store. Just say hi to Phil. If you do say how to fill our, like personally, I, I will I will sign one of our comics and give them to you. Uh, one of our he'll sign an Incredible Hulk one eighty one. No, uh, <laughs> so you'll either get a Project Shadow Breed or Red Hyena or anything that we offer an amazing action. I will do that. That'll be fun. You gotta clarify when you say I'll sign one of our comics. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll ruin Joker's I'll child. ruin a Hulk one eighty one to somebody. That'd be great. Uh, Actually, yeah. it's sold. You can't ruin it now. Yeah. Um, but if you can't visit us, make sure you visit your local comic shop and show some love and support. All right, that is all we have for you this week, Kitty. Until next time, make sure be amazing, stay amazing, and read something amazing. <laughs>